is a very accurate video of what girls go through and guys go through to some extent in terms of having an online profile in terms of telling other people who they are. This is amazing. I have my uh, cell phone here. And you think about it, you go back, what, 25 years, and you think about how this has transformed our world. It's transformed the way we communicate. It's transformed the way we entertain ourselves. And it's transformed the way we talk to one another. Now, before cell phones, remember the worst day of the year? What was it? School picture day. Yeah. When you got your picture taken, that would go on for a lifetime from your, from your books. And so you know, they lined you up, and if you were younger, they were helping you get all straightened out there, and then you'd go in and say your name, rank, and serial number. And uh, then they'd put you in front of the camera. And boop, it was over. It's like, can you take another shot? No, 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 no. We're moving through. It's like a cattle herd, you know. You got your picture. It's good to go. The crazy thing about it is you didn't see that picture for weeks. And sometimes months if you didn't buy the picture package. You'd have to wait until the yearbook came out. Do anybody really love their yearbook pictures? I'm sure there are some people, you know, it's funny to look back upon, isn't it, how things have changed. Now, we were really impressed with the Polaroid camera, like, wow, we can see a picture developing before us. Let me wait a couple minutes, and we've got a picture. How far have we come? I just wonder how many pictures are taken today around the world, just how many compared to, let's say, just 15 years ago? Can you imagine that? Now, the great thing about a smartphone is that you can take a picture and then everybody can look at it. Is that good of you? Oh, I'm on my wrong side. I got something on my teeth. Uh, uh, <laughs> you got a smile, right? So you take it over again and over again until you get it. Right. Well, that is a real revolution in photography that we can do that. So we continue to take these pictures, and selfies have become very popular in the last five years. Uh, people take a picture of themselves. And I want to let you know that I have never taken a selfie of myself. I've been a part of glorious selfies, and we're at a particular event, and I took my first selfie at the uh, first service, and now I'm going to take my second selfie. Yeah, so, let's see here. Camera. Yeah, I didn't know how to turn the camera around. Okay, there I am. All right, okay. All right, I, I smile because I'm at church with my friends. All right, anybody else not taking a selfie? This is your chance. Anybody here not taking a selfie? Oh, Rob, of course. Okay, all you have to do is touch the screen. Position it the way you want to. Oh, touch it there. Don't touch it in the circle. Yeah, I'll send that to you 
so you can put it up. Or you can, in fact, you know what? I think we should all tell. How many have not taken a selfie? Raise your hand. All right. Time to take a selfie. Everybody get your cameras out. Because your assignment is to take a selfie of yourself and post it online this afternoon and put some funny caption to it. Just put, my pastor made me take this selfie in church. I mean, it would be a wonderful way to get the word out, right? About our ministry and people who need the Lord. So get your phones out. I don't see any phones out. Might be in your pocket, on your side. Man, the 9 o'clock service, they were right up. I don't know what deal with the guy is. I'm serious, okay? You don't have to do it. But please, please if you attend here, and I know you, you better be taking a selfie. Okay, bring it up. We need some caffeine in this audience. <laughs> oh, you're so shy. You see, you just got to break out, man. Do things that other people say that you would never do and experience the rush. All right, so you post those. And again, I'll be asking you guys afterwards, do you take a selfie? And if you didn't, I'll take one for you. But then it wouldn't be a selfie. Friends, we're going through a series called Struggles, and today we're talking about authenticity. 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 We're talking about struggles that we have in relationships, especially in relationship to, uh, you know, whatever social network and how that's changed so many things. So... You know, the interesting thing is, is that when people take selfies, and especially younger people, uh, we saw in the video, so much time is taken in getting the right selfie, getting the perfect picture. And then you could put a filter on that picture. You can take it into a, another app, and you could make it brighter or darker, or you know, wipe out a blemish, airbrush it, uh, and then... You can post it. So, so, in a sense, you're taking a picture of yourself, but you're managing that picture. It's all about image management. That's what we're going to talk about today. Image management. We all manage our image. We're all very careful in what we say and what we do because we want other people to like us. Look at this quote. We buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Isn't that true? Yeah. I tell you what, when it comes to image management, you cannot even believe the number of decisions that are based on that. For example, when you're growing up, what kind of clothes you wear, who are the friends you hang out with. Now, why are we so concerned about those type of things? Well, because the key need that God has put in our hearts is to be loved and accepted. That is the bottom line. Talk to your neighbor and say, I have a deep need to be loved and accepted. Come on, guys. That's easy to say. <laughs> I have that need. Yeah, 
alive and need to be loved and accepted. And every one of you has that need. So it impacts every decision. So impacts of what career you go into, what college you go to. It impacts who you marry. You chose me for some selfish reasons. <laughs> Not a good thing to bring up. Uh, and the, it impacts the car you drive. It impacts the house, the type of house you have. It impacts the clothes you wear. And, and most of these motivations are subconscious. You don't even think about it. But really, the reason you're making these decisions is in order that you might be accepted and loved. That you'd be one of the group. That other people would say, yeah, yeah, you're one of us. You belong here. Think about this afternoon. Really, so many decisions are based upon that one particular need. So the question is, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? Well, we're afraid that people won't love. And accept us. And you don't grow out of that when you leave your teenage years. It travels with you for your whole life. Because that's, that's the need that God put into your life. He made you that way. Now, the real reason is for us to be loved and accepted by God. But many people don't know that. So they have to have a lot of affirmation from other people. Romans 12, 9, it says, love must be sincere. Back in that day, the Greek word for sincere meant that you were buying a clay pot. Many times, of course, they would break and the store owner would glue them back together and paint over it in order that you wouldn't think that it was broken. But if you took out it in the sun and you looked at it, you could see if it had been cracked in any way. Sincere. Is it real? Is it genuine? Is it who we really are? We look at the word hypocrite in the Greek, hupokrino, to judge under. Now, this was commonly used in Greek theater. What they do is they would wear these different masks during theater performance and they just hold it there okay and the great thing was they could pl they could play multiple people because they just get different masks right get different masks and they have two people <laughs> maybe three or four people doing the whole show where there's 20 parts and you know what we're just like that because we wear masks we we wear masks we Try to control our image because we want people to love and accept us. And therefore, we have multiple masks that we wear. Now, all of you today have your church mask on, and I would say you're looking very good. Yeah, except for your responsiveness. You need to work a little bit on that. But again, the point is, is that you have the mask on. And while you're at church, you've been taught from your... Early years, you have to be good in church. You have to be on your best behavior in church. And other people who are helping 
make the mask for you. So you're wearing this mask. And when you got this mask on, I'll tell you one thing. You are not going to be swearing, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're not going to go out in the uh, atrium and just let them rip. <laughs> no, no, you got your mask on. Or uh, you're not going to belch out purposely. Now, we as men sometimes enjoy that, upsetting our wives by belching. It's not good, but we wouldn't do that here at church because that, that's a no-go. Another thing you won't do is you won't, as you pull out of the parking lot and somebody cuts you up, you will not give them the finger. Okay? But I give them the finger. You get down to Algonquin and Randall, they're flying, you know, like this. <laughs> you have your church mask on. And then you have your work mask on. Now, maybe you're a person uh, who, you know, is a Christ follower, but you're not really engaged in really walking with Jesus. You don't want anybody to know you're a Christ follower, so you have this work mask on, which is quite different from your other mask, your church mask. And then you have your party mask on, right? And, and that tells a lot about you. What's your party mask look for? What are you willing to do? What do you like to do with a party mask on? The old saying is, is are you the same person on Sunday morning as you are on Friday night, right? I don't know. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people just continue to do what they want to do. And, but they come to church with their church mask on, and they pray occasionally. Well, friends, the idea of authenticity, being open, being who you really are, is a combination between character and an image. So this is your mask, okay? And the idea is the closer you can reflect your character to others, the closer you're being authentic. I mean, they really know the real you. Now, you're not ever going to get to the point where you really can open up, obviously. But authenticity is missing in our culture. And social media has really made it worse. And it's just really, really interesting. Uh, I was reading something about uh, teenagers, and a lot of them said that they have to write out a script when they order pizza. Can't text it, right? They have to order out, uh, excuse me, write out a script. And so our younger people, I think the greatest problem uh, with social media is that they don't learn natural social skills. And so we certainly want to continue to help them and encourage them. But we want to be authentic. That's what God wants from us. He says, love must be sincere. Now, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. And God was looking uh, for Adam after he had sinned. And Adam said, after God had found him, and he said, I heard the sound of you, God, in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Men are hiding from women all these days, right? You know, we keep it all 
end. We want to hide because we're afraid. We're afraid if we really show who we are or, or tell somebody that we're struggling, that it's going to crack that mask right open and it's going to expose us to someone disapproving of us. And that's painful because that's our real me. Now, women uh, are blessed uh, with the gift of just sharing their feelings and insights and things of that nature. And they can be very open about how they're feeling and what's going on in their life. But men (laughs) were taught from an early age that we have to be strong, macho. We have to be patient and endure. No crying for us, right? You don't see a man cry. And you just got to suck it in. No matter what's going on in your life, you're not going to talk to anybody about it. Because that man mask is so big and it's so enveloped your life since a young age. And so, so many things you can't do because you have that mask on. You can't be authentic. You can't open up. You can't talk about your weaknesses. In fact, in East Moline, Illinois, there's a family and Dave Dahlia was their son. And Dave had to move, I don't know where, but he wasn't there for family gatherings. You know what they did? They took a picture of him, and they made it life-size with a cardboard cutout, the picture. So it was life-size, and, and, and there was Dave. He had a casual blue shirt on, and khakis on. He had his hands in his pants. And what they would do... Every holiday, they would bring Dave out. Every time somebody was over, they would bring Dave out just to remind themselves of how much they love Dave. And friends, it got out of control. (laughs) He became a local celebrity. Somehow the news got out, and everybody wanted their picture with Dave. So he's talking to his mom on the phone. And, uh, Honey, just wait a second. I've got to load you in the van. Now, how creepy is that? <laughs> so uh, you had the thin Dave and the thick Dave. <laughs> okay, the real one, right? And again, people for some reason thought that was really funny. But you know what, guys? It's so true. Unfortunately, we've been taught to be one-dimensional. One-dimensional. We are much better image managers than our wives are. And we've got it down to a science. Because we don't want to talk about struggles and challenges and addictions in our lives because then we will break the mask. Well, men, I want to encourage you to grow. To ask the Holy Spirit to open up your heart. 
and let other people, especially your your spouse. I mean, I've heard of marriages where the guy never talks about difficult things. And if he is, he's usually angry. And Yeah, because we don't know how to express that kind of stuff. But but my desire for you and God's desire is that you would open up your heart. Maybe you've been hurt in the past. Maybe you opened up your heart to someone and they ripped it out. Or they rejected you. Which is exactly why you've got this sturdy mask on. To protect yourself. And you think you're protecting yourself. But you are poisoning yourself. You need at least one other person that you can share what's going on in your heart. That's just healthy. To stuff all your emotions and just deal with it is not going to be helpful to you throughout life. It's wonderful to see this uh, new generation of men who are more concerned about their families and their kids. So we're making progress, but it still is a real problem. You say, well, damn, how do I break that? Well, you talk to your wife, and you choose to share something you wouldn't typically share because it might, you know, crack the mask a little bit. But you do it because you have a love relationship with her. And you want it to be authentic. You want it to be real. You've got to grow. It's not going to happen overnight. There's a lot of ways, men, for us to break out of this. Uh, one of the ways is joining a men's small group. We've got three different groups. We've got one at the Narrow Algonquin at 6 o'clock on Wednesday morning, and then we have another one on Friday morning at 6 o'clock at the Camara near uh, 90, and then on Saturday morning we have one at 7 o'clock, and that is back here in Algonquin. But I would challenge you guys to try those out. You don't have to come and spill all your guts. <laughs> you can just come in and listen, and, and you'll see. What you'll see is that other men are struggling with the same issues. In fact, if we were able to crack you open, we might be able to see a little boy who's scared, who's insecure, doesn't feel like he's pulling his weight. That's who I'm inside sometimes. I have all those different emotions. And thankfully, I can share them with my wife, and I'm open with other people about it. And it really helps me when I share the frustration I'm going through, and I share about my weaknesses. And I've grown in that over the years. And my desire for you guys is that you would listen to the Spirit this morning and say, okay, today I'm going to take the first step, whatever that is might be because when you cover yourself up like that, you cover up the cover up the negative stuff and you also cover up the great stuff. The joy, the love, the emotions that your wife would be so glad to see. And men, as you raise your children, your main responsibility is to help them not build a mask 
like that. Because the culture is telling them that. Right? Amen. That's your responsibility. It's okay to talk about our weaknesses. It's okay to open up. It's okay to trust other people with information about ourselves if they're trustworthy. It's okay to cry. Some of you men have never cried before. You know, I would encourage you to pray that you'd have the opportunity to cry. Because when you cry, it just gets rid of all the toxins in your body. It's really one of the healthiest things you can do. But we're not allowed to do that, right? Now, I was thinking about the pink uh, retreat. And ladies and fathers, okay, moms and dads, I cannot tell you how important it is for your daughter to be at that retreat. Because they are overwhelmed by such disgusting, evil, sinful, diabolical messages that is going to give them a skewed idea of what sex is all about and what relationships are all about and marriage is all about. They're exposed to that all year long. And so sometimes girls will say, well, I went last year. And I'd like to say, hey, babe, you need to go year. You should do it every month because the amount of influence through our culture that is shaping their minds about sex and relationships, you have got to tell them it's wrong. This is what healthy relationships look like. And I would encourage a volunteer to help Emily out because you have such unique ability just to be there just leading a small group maybe or behind the scenes where you can talk into young ladies' lives. It's more complicated, of course, than it's ever been. It's always more complicated, of course, for women than it is for men and boys and girls. So let's be praying for this event. And let's volunteer. And again, what you want to do, uh, invite your neighbors or or a mom friend that you have that has the same age, and have them go together. You know, they never like to go alone, obviously. Uh, but find a friend that will go. And that is the most precious gift you can give to a young lady. Just think about our culture. She needs to hear what God has to say and how much God loves her. 1 Corinthians 2.11, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. Now I want you to really, really think about this. We can easily con other people. We can fool them with our masks and we do a pretty good job at it. But that's not healthy. That's not right. God knows you perfectly. God knows you better than yourself. You know, my age, I think I could have figured out life, right? <laughs> I tell you. Life keeps throwing curveballs. That's why I have to be dependent on Jesus to help me through. 
and he's always faithful. And the amazing thing about God, he loves you unconditionally. You might be married or have a girlfriend. Oh, I have an unconditional love for my husband. No, you don't. I'm sorry to say that, but your love is filled with conditions. We can tell you what the conditions are. <laughs> but it's really true. There's no such thing as unconditional love on this earth. No such thing. Because we do not have the, the purity and the holiness of God. But the great thing is that we can receive His unconditional love. I don't care what you've done in your life, how you've turned from God, how you've rebelled, you've caused so much pain in your parents' lives and other people's lives. And God still loves you the same way He did years ago. There is nothing more powerful spiritually and emotionally as knowing that God loves you. In fact, uh, in a study done, it was shown that people gain their self-esteem from the top five people in their life. That's where the rock is, right? Now, again, if you're not in relationship with God, if you are not experiencing His love, you're going to keep wearing masks, right? <laughs> it's not healthy for you or for anybody else. What you need to do, you need to sit down sometime this week, get the Bible out or go on the Internet, type God's love, Bible verses about God's love. And you just need to drink God's love. You need to drink God's mercy in. You need to drink His affection. Oh, oh, waste time. Oh, oh. No. That's the nature of it. It seems like we're not getting something done, but we're getting the most important thing done by reading Scripture, so all you have to do is read Scripture and then just meditate on how much God loves you. The majority of Christians really don't believe that God loves them that much. Oh, yeah, you know, he gave his son that type of thing. But it's more of an intellectual thing. You've got to get down into your heart and to realize, okay, God, you love me. You love me so much. And it might take a while for you. you know, if you're not emotionally, that emotional per se or whatever, you're really going to have to think about it. And you're really going to have to let it just wash over you until it changes you. you jump ahead to the last, next to last slide? Next to last slide. Okay. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do for me? Well, 
what can man do to me? That's all our fears, right? Man can fire me. Man can criticize me. Man can ostracize me. Man can kick me out of the club. Now, again, if your self-esteem is built on those five people, and some of these people are, you know, not as secure, you're going to have real troubles, aren't you? But here's the point. You need to make Jesus Christ the number one person in your life. You need to let him inform you that he loves you and if you don't have a relationship with him, if you're still trusting in your good works to get you to heaven, you've got to realize that Jesus Christ is the only way to a repentance of sin and commitment to him to become part of his family. And then you need to continue to say, Jesus, my life is an audience of one. What I do, what I go through, uh, you're the most important opinion that I'm thinking about. And you know what that's going to give you? That is going to give you a lot. Because God never changes. But here's the process. You need to go through the process of understanding God's love. And it's not a fast process. But for you guys especially, you know, just sit down and, and look through those verses on love. And really, I mean, we're, we are so automated in our thinking, right? But step out of the automation. Say, God loves me that much. And you'll continue to grow in your spiritual life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time to talk about masks. And we won't get rid of all our masks until we're in heaven. But I pray for anybody here who the Holy Spirit is really convicted. And I pray that they would take the next state step toward authenticity to, again, let someone into their life. Because you are not going to grow spiritually unless you open out to someone. So I pray that they would find that person. And uh, Lord, I pray that your spirit would work and especially men would look back on this day and say, that's the day I started to open myself to Christ. That's the day I started to open myself to my wife more. That's the day when God empowered me to be more authentic. In Christ's name, amen.